Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Everything is not roses when it comes to property. You know, there was a lot of hard work in in getting there and, you know, a lot of fear because we were not on a lot of income. But to get to this point and know the benefits, it's just... You know, you would never, I would never have expected we would have ever gotten to this point where we could be paying down, you know, a property now every few years. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue our discussion with mortgage broker and real estate agent. Kimberly Linda, a mother of five who turned her passion for real estate into a business for herself and her husband. Tune in to discover how her hard work and perseverance had led her to become the founder of their one-stop property shop. With Linda being a broker herself, she knows where to find money to find deals. But has that changed over the last decade along with changes in lending conditions? We are in probably the tightest credit environment that we have ever been in now. It's starting to soften slowly but just as an example of how much tighter we are, I have a really great client of mine who is a school teacher. Um, You know, she, she got divorced, she found herself in this situation where she what am I going to do? Um, And so we worked on a strategy. She wanted to buy, um, she wanted to own, you know, as many properties as she could. So we started working maybe 2014. So she bought 10 properties between 2014 and 2017 on a school teacher's wage of about just under $100,000 a year. Now, back then, those rates were about 6.6%. So, nothing like the rates that we are enjoying now. If I had to build that portfolio now from a lending perspective with a major bank for this same client who's earning a little bit more money and rates are one third of the amount that she was paying back then, the maximum portfolio we could get her to would be three properties. Linda shares the strategy that she's recommending clients at this point in time while not stepping on any toes. You need to look for a solution and the solution is using a broker. Anybody that's using a bank to build their portfolio, nothing against banks but they're not trained to create a solution and they can offer their own products. They can't offer a solution. So, the most important thing is solution-based lending. So, you have to look outside the square if you're wanting to continue to grow. She goes on to discuss the common issues people run into at the point that they come to to get lending. They're very focused on rates and if you and they don't understand um, servicing capacity and they don't understand how people can have such vast policies. So, I guess it's... Um, educating people to think beyond 
the here and now and the advertised rate of 2% and, and going beyond that to lenders that are going to service your loans on your actual repayments as opposed to service your loans on, and they still have margins, second tier lenders, but as all non-conforming lenders, as opposed to um, being focused, I guess, I guess on a rate. You've got to look at what's your end result, not what's the immediate need. With her portfolio currently at 42 properties, Linda discloses whether her strategy has provided the family with enough income that she no longer needs to work. Well, if we went to our old strategy, which was um, an interest-only strategy, then yes, it, we would. I think our properties return us just under a million dollars a year in income. Um, so, if we went to an interest-only strategy, 100%. But the strategy that we're on at the moment, obviously, the phase in our life is we're P&I on everything because we don't have any owner-occupied debt, principal and interest in everything, plus additional repayments because we want to own as much as we can prior to retirement. So, at the moment, pretty much the rent from our from our properties are 100% paying to be on principal and interest. So, our rent is completely paying down our properties for us now, plus returning a little bit of a passive income as well. She goes on to detail her strategy and defines what her current goals are. We have a strategy now where we we pay, we focus on a property. So everything's P&I and then we focus on um, one property. So let's say we used to pay $600 a week on our mortgage. Because we don't need that money, we've been used to living without it, that $600 a week goes towards whichever property that we're paying off. And let's say we've paid three off in full, all of the rent, that was coming in because there's no debt. Yeah. So every couple of years now, we're in a position where we can actually full pay off a property. So that's the new strategy. And anybody that starts as an investor, their strategies are going to they're going to change all of the time because your life is changing. So the one thing you've got to, I guess, remember is as your portfolio is evolving and your life and your income. You have to revolve your strategies as well so that you're getting the maximum results in different phases of your life. Linda reveals whether she has done any calculations on how long it might take to pay down the entire portfolio. I haven't. I should have. But um, I worked out like, within a couple of years, we should be get to a point where it's basically one a year. So, um, yeah. So, it's a good position to, you know, it's a good position to be in. And you know, the thing is, a lot of hard work went into these properties but it's easy now. Like, so it's not, everything is not roses when it comes to property. You know, there was a lot of hard work in, in getting there and, you know, a lot of fear because we were not on a lot of income. But to get to this point and know the benefits, it's just, you know, you would never, I would never have expected we would have ever gotten to this point where we could be paying down, you know, a property now every few years. Linda Strogi has evolved over time and she reveals what she sees herself doing next and if retirement is on the table. It's very hard. My husband would have us retired if he could but um, <laughs> I just love what I do and I'm a bit of a workaholic and my husband calls me his weekend wife. Um, so, I just love what I do because what I do really is now with my own business is share my story and help other people from a finance point of view. Um, to do what, what we've done. So, it's um, 
I don't know, maybe 10 years, <laughs> maybe five. <laughs> it's not work when you love what you do, is it? Like you, you're not working. <laughs> With her eldest children now adults, Linda reveals if they share her passion for property and her thoughts on young people getting into the market. Well, this is a great story. So, my 25-year-old daughter, Georgia, she owned seven investments by the time she was 23. I know. She's a broker as well, same as a mom. <laughs> um, she split up with her partner, so she's only got four now, but she's still doing, she's still doing really well. Um, yeah, so I guess, and then our second daughter, Chloe, who's only, she's 21. She's just about to hand over her second property. Um, so I guess we have really taught our kids. My kids just think it's normal that you buy property and you own a lot of property. They just think that's normal and that's what everybody does. Um, and for any parents that listen, that say, oh, it's not up, don't worry about the finances, let us let us worry about that. That is a number one thing I would recommend. Always talk to your kids about what you're doing, why you're doing it and where it's going to get them if they do things when they're young because they absorb so much and um, they trust you. And I think that anybody that's invested in property, the number one thing that they will say is the if I could have had my time over again, I would have bought more when I was younger. Coming up after the break, Linda shares what she hears other parents telling their children about property. I would say that I would hear that 80% of the time that I have a meeting with a parent and I think, wow, if that's the message that you're conveying to your children, that's what they're going to believe. Her lowest point in investing? Our very first investment we bought, we learned a lot because it was the worst kind of investment. It was, it barely grew. It was costing us $8,000 a year. So we learned very quickly from that first one, this is not the kind of investment we want to do in the future. So she shares how important it is to have an end goal in mind. You know, a lot of people, they just buy because their accountant said, well, you know, you've got a tax problem buying investment. Well, what do you want? from that investment because different investments are going to produce completely different outcomes. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey Property Investor, is your cash or equity currently earning you 1-2% to per annum sitting in the bank? What if I said to you that you can do better? To find out more, simply register your interest to become a money partner at propertyinvestory.com. Right now, there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest to get a high return with low risk on their money for 6 months. Register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. With the abundance of information available at our fingertips, does Linda see this as helpful or hindrance to young people getting into the property market? Well, I think the number one deterrent for all young people at the moment is their own parents. The amount of things, times that I go to a meeting and I hear a parent say, 
we've really got to get into investing. We've really got to do something because we need to help our children. Prices are through the roof. They're never going to be able to get into the Sydney market. I would say that I would hear that 80% of the time that I have a meeting with a parent. And I think, wow, if that's the message that you're conveying to your children, that's what they're going to believe. Now, as a broker, even say particularly right now, you know, you've got a $25,000 stimulus being thrown at you for a first home. You've got $10,000 first home buyer's grant. You're getting your stamp duty paid for. You can get onto a scheme where you can get a 95% lend and the, and the government will, um, you know, guarantee your 20%. So no mortgage insurance. So there is so much information where they have at their fingertips. The main major reason they're not jumping is because the parents are saying, oh no, it's too unaffordable, you simply can't. We are also in a in a, a rate environment that we have never seen hysteric, historically. Money is cheap, affordability is high. So me buying property or when you probably bought your first property, it was a lot harder then than it is now. I'm writing these loans, so I do, I do know that. So I think that kids need to ask the questions of how can I do it as opposed to listening to no, you can't do it. And the thing that I'm seeing a lot, and I guess we're also teaching a lot of our clients is if you're a young person and and you can't get out of your head, oh, I need to live in the eastern suburbs because that's where I grew up or I need to live here, rent where you want to live and get into the market anyway. It doesn't matter if you don't own the property, if it's not an owner-occupier. As long as you're in a market, buy an investment. My eldest daughter had four investments and then she bought her owner-occupied home. So sometimes I think in this industry, when prices are going up so quickly, you just need to change your strategy a little bit. You have to think a little bit outside the square and you need to speak to people that may be able to give you the guidance of how to do and what to do. Turning to mindset, Linda shares if she had any mentors or resources that helped her along the way. Yeah, I would say just listening to my dad and knowing that there's this opportunity in the property market that they missed so significantly. It was such a big um, conversation. Um, I think that I just decided I wanted to do it. My husband was on board. Um, so, you know, we would start doing a lot of renos because it's very handy. So we would do that. We would see, wow, we've fixed this property up. Look at look at the equity uplift we've got. So it just became something that we, we did once. Well, actually, no, our very first investment we bought, we learned a lot because it was the worst kind of investment. It was it barely grew. It was costing us $8,000 a year. So we learned very quickly from that first one this is not the kind of investment we want to do in the future. So when we got onto on track with how we could build and we were of the mindset, if something wasn't costing us anything, we were never limited to how much we could own. So once we sort of started to see that things worked, we thought, well, why would you stop? Linda elaborates on the properties they bought early on that were generating revenue and the strategy they stuck to. Well, we never built a granny flat. We just bought properties. So whether it was house and granny flat or whether it was a duplex, um, we just bought. We stayed very solid to a strategy of 
buy it, if it if it does not have two income streams, walk away. So if we could create those two income streams, I mean, we certainly didn't have the money to be putting granny flats in the back, although that's an awesome, it's an awesome strategy. And then it evolved from that where we needed, you know, the tax kicks in terms of depreciation. So we've just, we, we've built um, a lot of that kind of property, but not only that kind of property, because, you know, we've a, done a lot of, as our as we've grown, our strategies have grown. So we've then sought out a lot of higher capital growth areas, you know, the, the bigger homes and things like that. But you start with your cookie cutter stuff where you know that you've got a very low vacancy rate. If you've got a low vacancy rate, you're never gonna have to worry about whether or not you're going to get the rent. And the only time that property hurts anybody is when it starts costing you money. So if you can avoid that hurt, um, yeah, you're you're on the right track. Linda discusses the hard work put into their properties and how holding one property has helped her daughter immensely. We've purchased properties at a pub at auction <laughs> um, that have like literally been uh, like unhabitable and um, Jason's done all the hard work on, on those and um, so just get them up to, you know, a spec and you either sell them and make the money or hold them, which I would always say, if you are, if there's if there's not a reason to sell, don't because you know the longer you hold, the, you know it's it's a long term strategy. The longer the hold, the better you know you're going to be. So we would you know increase the equity, borrow against that equity. That was our next deposit to go, which is exactly what I've taught my children. I was actually discussing this with my daughter Chloe yesterday, and we worked out her equity value. She bought in Geelong at the bottom of the very bottom of the market bought land, held, it was unregistered. By the time it registered, she'd made $90,000, which gave her the deposit to then do the build. And then she's bought in another area in the Hunter Valley at the moment, which we've already seen an upswing there as well. So we worked out, she's got about $160,000 worth of equity in the two properties that she's bought. She signed a first contract when she was 18 and she would not have even earned that much money yet in her young life. So this is the power of equity. If you can produce the deposit from what you do, you don't have to keep saving to get to that next property. She shares the best piece of advice she's received through her property investing journey. Do your due diligence. Yeah, that would be my best advice and it would be the advice that I would give to anybody because anybody can tell you anything Um but you need to know and you need to be sure yourself. And as you talked about technology, the most critical things that you need to look at with property is, one, what is the vacancy rate? You can Google what is the vacancy rate of any suburb and have that information in three seconds. Um, if you've got a low vacancy rate, well, then you, you are assured that we are not, we shouldn't have any troubles with, um, with renters. What is the median price of any suburb? Then you know straight away, am I over, am I overpaying? What am I comparable? So all of this is all on realestate.com basically. So we have information, you know, on tap. So it's not hard and it's very basic information that you need to know prior to making that decision. And I think the other thing is where do you want to finish? You want to know where you're going to finish before you start. And I think if that is clear to you before you begin, then you're on the right track in terms of a um, 
a strategy. You know, a lot of people, they just buy because their accountant said, well, you know, you've got a tax problem by an investment. Well, what do you want from that investment? Because different investments are going to produce completely different outcomes. So I think if you know what your end game is, you know where to where where to then start. And obviously that's going to change, but it's important to know what is this long term, is it short term? What do I want to achieve from this transaction? If Linda could go back in time and meet herself ten years ago, what would she say to her? Look at the bottom line. Always look at the bottom line. Don't be afraid of debt. Look at what's coming out of your pocket. Don't be afraid of the big numbers because the main thing that matters is what is the cost to you and what are you going to do if you can't provide that, that, that end figure. I think um, that's what I would say to, to myself 10 years ago. Did Linda see the possibility of debt as a property stopper? No, I love debt. Debt has been my vehicle to make money. Yeah. <laughs> no, so never. I've never been afraid of debt. Um, it's always been the most important thing to understand how I'm going to pay for it. And then if I can make somebody else pay for it, that's even better. Jumping forward into the future, Linda reveals where she sees herself in five years' time. I think we'll continue on the development path. Um, my husband and I will just continue to hold our properties. There's no reason at this stage to sell. You know, they're all performing well, um, doing what they, we hoped they would. And yeah, I think we'll just continue. We both love that sourcing land, finding the next opportunity. So we'll, we'll do it as a development, um, yeah, and work with our kids to help grow them keep growing their portfolios as well as like our clients and our business. With how much Linda loves sourcing land, she reveals whether it's her or her husband who takes the lead in the development space. He does a lot more of it now but predominantly it was me that that did all of that in the beginning but I'm just, the finance side of things is massive for me. That's, you know, takes a whole lot of time up so he's more involved in that so but we do a lot of it together so we do a lot of trips together to um and that's like that's actually like a holiday it's we because we both we love it um so yeah so we we do I guess we're probably joint now so he does a lot of land acquisition and things like that for our own business as well as our um own portfolio Lastly, Linda shares her thoughts on whether she thinks her success can be boiled down to hard work, skill, intelligence or luck or possibly a combination of these. So the one thing that I want to say, I guess, is that I feel that the harder I worked, the luckier I got. So you, if you want the results, you've got to put in the time. It doesn't just happen and you've just got to move, just go. Thank you to Kimberly Linda, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. And if you love the show and are ready to get serious about investing your money to get a low risk, high return, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a money partner. Right now, there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest their money for a short six months. 
To register interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.